Okay, ladies. I am so excited. There's excitement in the room. We're so happy to be together again. Uh, I keep running into people and they're telling me you're here for the first time. That is the most exciting thing to me. And we're just really, really glad that you're here, that you found us. <laughs> um, can I just say how many of you are here for the very first time? Okay, well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, so let me introduce myself. My name is Joyce Meyer, and what? Well, you don't know me. I can tell you anything I want, right? No, actually, she was just here last week, so that was a bad choice. But no, I'm just really, really excited. Oh, my name is Karen Waldhart, and I'm pastor of women's ministry. This is Rachel Brower. She's, <laughs> she's yay, uh-huh. She's the administrative assistant to uh, women's ministry. So we're going to go ahead and get started. <clears throat> Excuse me. I feel like I'm a little bit on the lopsided here, but I'm going to make sure I can see all of you, okay? I'm a bit of a wanderer, so we'll just see if I'm in your face or not eventually. But I want to make sure, did everybody pick up a green folder? And the idea of the green folder is for you to collect the lessons. Um, as you can tell, this is not like a Thursday morning impact in that um, it's more like a Monday night Bible study. So raise your hand if you've been to either a Monday night Bible study or Thursday morning impact. Or two hands if both. Yes. All right. We've got our impact ladies here too. So um, as you can see, if you want to open your book here, your booklet, every uh, session we'll be handing out some um, a worksheet type thing and some extra paper for you to take some extra notes because I know that's what we girls do, right? And um, I just wanted to uh, just page through this with you. Uh, we're calling this five-session study, This is How I Fight My Battles. How many of you know the song? All right, get your vocal cords ready because we're going to close with that song. Um, if you turn the, to the next page, um, we just wanted to give you the dates. In the summer, we just wanted to have a light schedule because I'm going to be gone one of these five sessions, and we've got a wonderful lady, uh, young lady, Natasha Lyons, who's going to be teaching in my, in my place for number four, session four. But we know that in the summertime, you guys need to get away, have some time with family, so we kind of make it a light schedule by doing every other week. But just to keep things straight for you, all the dates are laid out there for you. All right, and if you miss one, we will put them on podcasts. So um, there is an actual, yes, there is a link there that you can find actually archived all of the things, um, all the uh, speakers that we've done even over the last couple of years on Thursday morning. So uh, that's a great resource for you. We will continue to meet here in the zone uh, for the uh, rest of the sessions. And as you probably know, our wonderful nursery Child care uh, takes kids 11 and under. So if you know somebody with older kids at home who might like to come, boy, just let them know. And people can jump in, jump out, all right? Um, <clears throat> some people run the impression, well, I didn't register, so can I come? Absolutely. Do you think we'd ever say no? Absolutely. So we're just so glad that you're all here. And if you want to turn to the very next page, um, I just need you to know something very important that now that you've walked into this door, into this place, it doesn't matter 
what your church affiliation is. It doesn't matter how long it's been since you've been to church or if you just came from intercessory prayer. That doesn't matter at all. There are no walls here. And we, and we want to know, and I want you to know, that you are now officially an impact woman because you carry... That's right. You carry an anointing when you carry the presence of Jesus. And that means that you can now be an impact in your world because God has impacted your life. And now you have real life to speak to everyone that you meet and into your world and into your family, into your situation. You are powerful, not in the humanistic way. You're powerful because the powerful one lives in you. And so we're, one of the things that we're going to be doing is reaffirming that you are an impact woman. We're going to read this together. Okay, all my impact girls know that we do this. Because this is who you really are. I'm not sure I care how you're feeling this morning. But I do care what the Word of God says about us today. So if you will embrace it, guess what? Your feelings will line up. Oh, I'm getting way ahead of my lesson. All right, here we go. <coughs> Excuse me. So... And if you don't say this with uh, passion and enthusiasm, I promise I'll stop you. Because we don't take this lightly. This is truth. This is your reality. And you will, if you will embrace it, it will be powerful to you. All right, are you ready? Yes. No, I'm not sure you are. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, you do know I work with children, so we don't, we don't put up with just mediocre here. Are you ready? I am an impact woman. I am a woman of influence. I leave the thumbprint of God everywhere I go. I have been impacted by the word of truth, and I will never be the same. I know who I am. I know whose I am. I belong to my father, the king of kings. I am his princess, treasured and precious. I belong to the sisterhood of believers in Jesus Christ. I operate in a spirit of wisdom and revelation through the Holy Spirit. I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of a stranger I do not follow. I pick up the sword of the Spirit and do battle in the heavenlies through prayer. I am a woman of courageous faith. My hope and confidence is in the Lord. Therefore, I will not be shaken. I am empowered by grace to love deeply because I am deeply loved. I am empowered by grace to forgive readily because I have been forgiven much. I am empowered by grace to boldly proclaim that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I no longer live for God, but live from God. When I speak, the law of kindness is on my tongue. Come on now, give it your all. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I love fiercely because I am fiercely loved. The battle is the Lord's, but the victory is mine. I can do all things through Christ who empowers me. I am fierce but feminine. I am an impact woman. And if you believe that, let's give him praise. All right. And that is only powerful because it's the truth. And we know that it is only truth that truly sets us free. So, um, goodness, there's so many things uh, that I wanted to share with you. I guess we better finish the book first. Um, and so you, if you turn the next page, you're going to see the format that we'll be using as kind of a fill-in-the-blank 
um, as we go through the lesson, we will be filling in some of the, the highlights or the, the PowerPoints. Um, you will also see them displayed on the screen <laughs> for, your, for your help. Um, so, and then following that, you have a couple extra pages for your own notes. So we hope that this will help you. Uh, feel free to bring this back every time so the next lesson, you know, you can just fill in um, as we go through the next five weeks. All right. I'm just so excited. I, I mean, I can't believe it's been a month since we had our last Thursday morning impact. And I just can't believe how much I miss the girls. So it's just so fun to be together. One more uh, announcement. You're going to find this paper on your tables. Feel free to take it with you. Um, this is just a, a quick overview of our This Is How I Fight My Battle study. But also, we want you to be aware that um, every summer, uh, we do something really fun for all the ladies, just girls, just our impact women, um, bring friends, bring family. But um, we're going to be doing another laugh impact. How many of you have done that with us before? It is so much fun. It's a fun girls' night out. Um, and we, we invite the River City Improv team to come. And they do that interactive audience thing. And they're just a hoot. Clean, good humor. We laugh a lot. Lots of great prize giveaways fun food, um, and just a quick word of life. It's a really great outreach. If you know of someone who doesn't think that church is fun, bring them because we have a blast. And how many of you have been to a Laugh Impact? Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, here <laughs> um, we'll be sharing the link. But this year, the ticket is, the, is signing up online, and we're working hard to get that on. Um, so that you can actually go ahead. It's a $5 ticket ahead uh, in advance or an $8 ticket at the door. So you want that $5 ticket. But um, we don't have that link quite ready yet. We will get it on Facebook. That's something that I want you all to be very aware. Res Life Women's Ministry Facebook is where all the information that you could ever want to know about what's going on, we keep that up to date. So if you have any questions, hey, I can't remember, you know, what time it starts or whatever, um, how do I get my Laugh Impact tickets, check out our um, Facebook page and you will get the information that you need, okay? Amen, amen, amen. All right, tell you what, I'm going to catch you up a little bit on my life. In one month, we had grandbaby number nine. Um, <clears throat> My daughter's Amy and her husband Josh, they also lead worship on our Thursday mornings. Amy's in charge of worship, Josh comes now and then. But anyway, they had their fourth baby June 4, and after three boys, this was a little girl. Turns out she was a big girl. Um, the three boys were only five pounds each, and she was seven pounds, ten ounces. Found some baby girl. And um, we have a wonderful praise report because... Uh, early on, Amy and Josh knew that, um, oh, by the way, her name is Elsie Marie. Come on. Yes, a collective awe. I agree. Cutest little thing. But um, we knew early on that um, through a lot of the testing that they did, little Elsie had a leaky heart valve. And we knew also that it was very correctable. But because of that, she was considered a high-risk pregnancy and so um, in the whole course of things, of course, we are standing on the word of God. And so when she was born, they kind of whisked her away. People were saying, how come you didn't send pictures? Because I didn't get to take any. They took her immediately and <clears throat> performed uh, what they said is really quite a simple procedure. 
was not open heart surgery, okay? Let's just dispel that myth right now. It was a simple procedure. They said it's really not that uncommon. And she stayed in the hospital a few days to make sure that everything was fine, and she is thriving. <clears throat> so we're very, very happy about that. And um, I just know that God, oh, yeah, the, the awesome thing was the doctors afterwards, the surgeon says, we were very pleased that it wasn't as bad as we thought. And so we know who goes before. We know who prepares the way. And so she, uh, he said, you will never have to have another procedure. She is one healthy, beautiful baby girl. And we're very, very excited about that. Oh, my goodness. I guess I feel like I have to pray. Let's pray. Father God, I love you. We love you. I'm so thankful for every woman here today. I thank you that they have set this side of time. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying, this is the anointed and appointed time. You know what, ladies? God knows why you're here. He knows the deepest cry of your heart. He knows the deepest need in your life. He knows the end from the beginning. I actually felt a sense of heaviness this morning. I said, God, that's not how I want to feel. And he said, that's how some of my ladies feel. So God knows that. And I believe that this morning that you're going to receive a new breath, a new breath of life, a breath of hope, a breath of healing. And Father, we open. We open ourselves. Ladies, would you just tell God, I am open to whatever you have for me this morning. We position ourselves, Lord, for a mighty work through your mighty word. In all of God's girls said, amen and amen. amen. Praise Jesus. That's for all of us here. This is a story that's so old that it might be new. But there once, quote unquote, was a couple back in the days when there were streams of streams of people immigrating from Europe. And she's, <laughs> y'all went, oh, she's going to get political. No, I'm not. <laughs> but in this setting, there was great famine in Europe. And so, like, around the turn of the century, 1900s, there were many, many who uh, came across from Europe to find a new life, the land of promise in America. So the story is told of a particular couple, husband and wife. They sold everything that they had because the, the ticket was on the ship to take them across to America. It was very expensive. And so they sold everything they had, scraped together all the money that they could, and managed to buy two one-way tickets on the ship so that they could take the 14-day uh, trip to reach their hope and promised land in America, in the United States. And so the day came, and they boarded the ship with excitement. But here's, here was the catch. They were so poor that the only thing that they could afford to buy for food for the 14-day voyage was a little bit of cheese and some crackers. But they were okay with that. They said, we can do this. 
We know that things are going to get better, so we can put up with that for the time being. We just know that this is where we're supposed to be. So they boarded the ship with a few belongings that they had. And the first day, they ate their cheese and crackers for breakfast, and then again for lunch, and then again for supper, and it was okay. And then the second day, they ate crackers first, and then cheese, and then it was okay. But they did this day after day after day. And before long, they began to notice that everybody else was going into these beautiful, elegant dining rooms. And they could smell the buffet food. It was just intoxicating. And it made their mouth water. And then they turned to, again, to their cheese and crackers, please. And day after day, this happened. Until finally, the last day of the voyage, they had just a little bit of cheese and a little bit of crackers, few crackers. And they couldn't stand it any longer. And they went into the kitchen and they said, what can we do to be able to eat some of that wonderful food? We'll wash dishes. We'll scrub the floors. We'll clear table. We'll do anything. Just let us have one delicious meal before we're done with this voyage. And everybody in the kitchen looked at him and said, uh, excuse me, didn't you buy a ticket? Didn't you purchase the ticket to come on this voyage passage? Well, of course we did. Well, the price of the meal was included in the ticket. And they ate cheese and crackers when they could have been feasting every day. Ladies, this is the passion of my heart. This is like fire shut up in my bones that we do not live far below the riches and the blessings and the promises of God that Jesus paid so great a price for you to enjoy. It is for every one of us here. Are we content to eat cheese and crackers every single day? Or do you want something more? I have good news for you. There is something so much greater than where we are. You might say, oh, I know I'm growing in the Lord. Praise God. But there's even more. And it's unlimited. We put limits. God says, I take the limits off. And so part of my passion with this this is how we fight our battles, is that we realize that we become aware of how much more we can receive and that it's already been done. It's like God has banked it for you. And I don't know what an unlimited number would be, like kajillion, kabillion, something like that, but that's what it is. It's not like you can overdraw that account and then he gives you the debit card. It says, born again, full of Jesus. Come on, go to the ATM. And you don't even have a $400 limit. What do you need? Oh, you, oh, you need a couple billion dollars? Well, let me give you more. Because our God is a, an abundant God. And yet we approach him sometimes like he's a stingy God. Or that he's limited. Or he wants to limit you. Oh, no. We're taking the limits off. We're breaking out of the box. Some of you have been content with cheese and crackers. Some of you didn't know that there was more. 
But it came with the price of the ticket. And the price was paid by the blood of Jesus. And it is for us. It is for us today. And one of the words <clears throat> that I want to share with you, because 1 Timothy 1.5 says that we operate in sincere faith. And let me just give you a, a meaning of that because I, I love what this means. This is my prayer for you. This is week one, session one. By session five, this is what I'm believing for everybody in this room, that you will be operating in a new level of understanding, receiving by faith. And here's my, here's my uh, definition of faith. The leaning of your entire personality on God. You know what? God's not asking you to be somebody you're not. He made you uniquely you. So as you lean on God with your entire personality, it's probably going to look different than mine. And that's okay. That's okay. You're going to have a unique experience. The leaning of your entire personality on God in Christ in absolute trust. This is long. And confidence in his power, his wisdom, his goodness. May I never, ever point you to yourself as your source of wisdom, power, or strength. The world will do that. Do you know the commercials that say, the more you know, dot, dot, dot. You know what the Bible says about the more you know? The more you puff up. Because knowledge without wisdom just simply puffs up. But we are in, we are in direct contact and relationship with God in Christ. And we need to learn to have absolute trust and confidence in his power, his wisdom, and his goodness. How many of you think that would be a good goal by the end of this five-week session? And you know what? It only comes by the Spirit of God. And he is so faithful. He told me he's going to do it. So praise you, Jesus. All right. <clears throat> Ephesians 1.13 backs me up on this. In case you think I'm just giving you a rah-rah, you know, pep talk here. You know, I can't help it. One of my favorite uh, people that I'm going to look up in heaven is Barnabas because he was called the encourager. I'm like, ooh, I want to I get with that guy. We don't know much about him, but um, I think he was probably very cool. Anyway, Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Okay. If I'm saying the word has, am I talking about future tense or past tense? It's already done. So this is what is already in the bank for you. So it says, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. I want to just challenge you. Every time you read the word of God in the New Testament, pay attention to how many times you see in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Without it. There was nothing provided. In Christ, everything has already been done. Didn't he say it's finished? Okay, that doesn't mean I'm going to do it. It means he's already done it. And to me, that is one of the most important things to remember and to truly understand. We're going to get there a little bit later too, so let's keep moving. So it says that you have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Say every spiritual blessing. There is nothing that you're longing for that hasn't already been provided that doesn't already have your name on it. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. 
We, if we have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ, what are we doing living far below that? That's God's standard. That is God's standard. And he's telling you, you can have it. But how do we do that? We possess it by releasing faith to receive it. You don't have to beg God for something he already gave you. And I love to say this. It's a Creflo Dollar, one of my favorite grace teachers. He said, the devil is already, <laughs> the devil is always trying to get you to do something, to get something you've already got. And the only thing you need to do is be a good believer, not a good believer in the sense that you have to act right, but truly believe and truly receive. Get the debit card out and make that withdrawal because every spiritual blessing is there waiting for you. And I like to say with your name on it, it's already been done. So do you know that Jesus even offers us something far better then we can figure out in our pea brains here what our little understanding is of God would limit what he wants to do for you. And that's um, found also in Ephesians 3, um, 20. And Paul writes, he says, Now to him who by the action of his power that is at work within us is able, say able, able. to do, say do, do. super abundantly. What a great word. What a great word. God's not content to be abundantly. He says, no, super abundantly above. Okay, this, I'm not done yet. Far over it above all that we dare. Okay, you're going to hear me say this. I double dog dare you to take God at his word. He's trying to get good things to you. We say, oh, no, God. I, can't, I know I can't have that. I don't read the word enough. I'm a bad person. I'm a broken person. I don't deserve it. No, you don't. But he says, that's not the qualification. The qualification is that I love you. And I'm a good father. And I'm getting good things to you. But you'll live far below that if you don't receive it. So it's not about how good you are. It's about how good he is. He says, I've got good things for you. And it's going to blow your mind because it's super abundantly far over and above all that you dare ask or think. And it says, infinitely, we're getting it up here. Come on. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers. Oh, you've been praying. Oh, he's infinitely above what you've been hoping for and praying for. Infinitely above and beyond your desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Oh, right now I believe the Holy Spirit is moving in the area of dreams. Something that has died. You got disappointed. It didn't happen the way you thought or when you thought. But I just see the breath. Breathing new life into dreams. He's resurrecting something because after all, he is the resurrection, right? <sighs> oh, stir it up. Stir it up. Something that had died that he wants to bring back to life in Jesus' name. Will you receive that? I don't know who that was for. All right. All right. That's our super abundant, awesome God. So I just feel like we do need to stop. Somebody receive something Maybe more than one. But I want you to take a moment. This is a Jesus, come to Jesus moment right here. You and Jesus, all right? And say, I want you to receive, to know that he's got something big for you. 
above and beyond your highest prayers, desires, thoughts, and dreams. And he's inviting you this morning to ask something big of him. Ask a big ask from a big God who loves you with a big love. Just take a moment. What is that thing? So here's the deal, girls. Now that you've asked, you need to lean on, let's go back to our faith, of your entire personality on God in Christ, in absolute trust and confidence in his power, his wisdom, and his goodness. And let him do it in you and for you. Amen? Amen. You know what he told me? He said, Karen... I already, I already gave you what you asked for, and it was all of you. <laughs> and this is above, super abundantly above what I asked. And so I just thank God for that. He reminded me of that. So you are my answer to prayer. Okay, let's, let's go straight up to worksheet question number one. All right, we're going to do a little fill in the blank. These will be like the highlights that we want to really focus on. Sometimes... We feel like, oh, I can't ask God for that. I'm always asking God for that. I'm always receiving. You know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm just a, a gimme, gimme, gimme. But I want you to know that, number one, it honors God. When you receive all of the spiritual blessings Jesus paid so great a price for you to enjoy, it honors him because he did it for you. And I picture this. And I hope somebody else feels the same way I do because I've gotten in trouble at my house a little bit for getting a little mm about this. But when we have everybody over um, with our ni nine grandkids and three married couples and my husband and myself and then we invite other family members, I love to cook for everybody. I love it. But doggone it, if I'm going to put all the work into getting that food hot on the table, you better come when the food is ready. All right, when I say come, and I walked into the family room after calling people three times, and I went, what part of come now do you not understand? <laughs> I got a little chastised for that. Um, my son-in-laws were the first ones, uh, son-in-law was the first one to jump up. And the daughter-in-laws were like this, you know. And my kids went, there she goes again. So anyway, when Jesus suffered, and he paid the price for you to have all the spiritual blessings. If we don't come to the table, that is dishonoring what he has done for us. So you do not have to worry whether you're asking and receiving too much. Because probably we're still limiting God. Because he, he is a limitless God and it honors him when you come to the table and receive what he has already done for us. Luke 10, 19. Here's something else that's part of the ticket. That maybe you didn't know. All spiritual blessings is the first thing. 
and you have the right to ask, and it honors him. Here's another point that we can make. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I have given you authority and power, authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. Oh, and get this. And physical and mental strength and ability. Ooh, there is nothing missing here. All right, you've been given authority and power and physical, mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses. And nothing shall in any way harm you. All the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you. There is no wiggle room there. It's all and nothing. All or nothing. Not some and some, okay? No, Jesus gives you not only power but here again this is where we differ from the world's view of that you are not powerful without jesus christ it's in christ right and it's not our power it's his power in you and in you and through you but he has made you uh, with physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you i think that verse is so worth meditating on every single day and so you serve the devil no and say hey today i'm taking authority over you because i've been given the power the same power that jesus christ walked in and uh, excuse me but demons when i walk into the room you better scream yeah. You better watch out because I'm not putting up with it because I've been given the same authority that Jesus walked in. And he, what did he have authority over? Sickness, demonic activity, depression. Is there anything that Jesus did not take authority over that didn't work? Oops, I guess I don't have authority over that one. He had authority over death. He had authority over death. There is nothing too hard for God. I'm getting ahead again. But therefore, with that same power and authority, we need to learn to exercise that. It's not ours, but it's been given to us. It is inside of you. And you know what? It's so awesome. There's so many good songs out there. How about this one? The same power that conquered the grave lives in me, lives in me. Guess what? You have power to conquer the grave. Okay, so raise the dead. <laughs> raise the dead things in you. Raise the dead things in other people. That's what Jesus did. And it says, I'm not saying this. Jesus said, right here, word of God, I've given that same authority and power to you. Again, how do we walk in that? Well, it's a learning process. I dare you to. I double dog dare you to. Because we're learning what's included in the price of the ticket. Amen? When we've been eating cheese and crackers, God wants you to feast at his table. And he will, if we truly believe everything this verse says, then should we ever be afraid of what the devil can do? No. And if something starts trying to take authority over you, you better flip him over on his back, get him under your foot and say, absolutely not. Wouldn't you say that to your kids if they were what? Coloring all over your newly painted walls. No, that is not okay. And guess what? You have the same power and authority to do that with the devil in anything that he tries to do in your life. If you'll do it, if you'll believe it, if you'll walk in it.
It's yours. It's part of the, it is part of the price that Jesus paid for us to have. Let's go to worksheet question number two. Having authority and exercising your authority are two different things. They are not the same. Okay, I just made you really accountable. You might not want to come back. <laughs> you have the power and the authority. You know what's interesting is that um, anybody who's been in a job and they've been given a job title and maybe they're in charge of other people, they've been given the title, but if they haven't been given the power and the authority, they're, they're just a sitting duck. They're just lame duck. They have nothing. They don't have the power to hire or fire. They can't um, take authority over people, and therefore people would take authority over them. So God says, no, no, I'm giving you everything that you need to take authority with the power over the devil. So having it, now you know. Learn to exercise it and use it. And I believe it comes by speaking, speaking, speaking out of your mouth. Sometimes, girls, we talk, 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 talk to everybody, except out loud to the devil. Serve him notice. He can't read your mind. Did you know that? He doesn't have any idea what's going on here, but you can speak it right here. Send it out into the sound waves so every demon within hearing can hear it, and they have to respond. They have to flee. That's what resisting the devil looks like. And we set him on the run. And I've been, this is my favorite thing to say lately. Who's supposed to be running from who? <laughs> set the devil on the run. You got the power and the authority in Christ. And it's like a muscle. Exercise it, exercise it, activate it. You can't even use that credit card until you activate it. So activate it. Dial 1-800-HEAVEN. <laughs> I'm using my card today. It's a debit card, not a credit card, right? Okay, debit card. All right. So because it's your money, right? So in Ephesians 3.20, notice that it did say that there is a power at work in you. So I think we've established that. So don't settle. Don't settle for crumbs and cheese and crackers. When Jesus went to the cross for you to enjoy the same kind of life that he enjoys. Oh, boy, I got to hustle it up here. All right. Romans 8, 37 says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Okay. More than conquerors. How much? I mean, isn't that overachieving a little bit? More than conquerors and gain in overwhelming victory through him. Here's through Jesus, again, in Christ, who loved us so much that he died for us. And I love um, Andrew Womack as another uh, resource that I turn to. Uh, he has an online commentary, which is absolutely amazing. And you girls can just look up any scripture in the New Testament. I think he has a complete uh, online commentary, but I haven't, I don't own that yet. But anyway, you, you can look this up in Romans 8, 37, that we were more than conquerors. And I said, I wonder what Andrew says about being more than a conqueror. And so I will just read it to you. Conquerors have the victory in the spoils of war, but they have to fight to get them. We are more than conquerors because we have victory and all the spoils of war, but we didn't do the fighting. You didn't have to die on the cross to receive that. Jesus did it for you. Jesus fought and won this battle for us, and all we have to do is receive the benefits. That's being more than conquerors. 
Isn't that good? So these are the questions that I ask myself all the time. Am I taking full advantage of everything that Jesus purchased for me in my life? Because, again, it honors God when we take from him. Let's go to worksheet question number three. As we journey together about fighting our battles, because let's face it, there is a battle to be fought. Jesus has already fought the battle, but now we're still in the world. There is still an enemy in the world, so there's still a battle, and we just need to know what our part and what our place is in that. And so I believe this is something very, very important. It's a foundational truth, number three. We must believe that God is a God who specializes in the impossible. In the impossible. And you will find that if you Google that one. I know, I keep saying Google, and some people might have an issue with that. I'm sorry. I don't like everything that they do, but they sure have a really good uh, search engine for scriptures. I don't know. Go figure. Thank God for that, right? All right. Um, just so they're not watching me online. That's creepy. All right. So we must believe that God is a God who specializes in the impossible. Otherwise, you will limit God. You will say, oh, this one must be too hard for God. I don't see any way out. And guess what happens? You feel trapped. And when you feel trapped, you feel powerless. And then you start being helpless. And then you get into hopeless. And guess what? That's exactly where the devil wants you, right there. So if you do not remember and believe and trust that God specializes in the impossible, well, like I said, if you Google that, you will find it is said several times in the Gospels. And the one time that I'm referring to is Matthew 19, 26. And Jesus said to them, with people, this is impossible. There are many things that are impossible in the natural realm. Amen? But with God, all things are possible. So we said it both ways. Nothing's impossible, but all things are possible with God. And I remember Facing, and I've told this story, my father-in-law who had just suffered a massive heart attack while in the hospital. And they resuscitated him, but he was on full-out life support. And there were things that were being said, and we were kind of gathering. They were not holding out hope for him to be revived. And they had put him under for a while to sedate him, to let his brain and his body rest. But as they were trying to bring him out, we found out later he had actually failed two times, 20 minutes apart, the 10-point uh, uh, brain activity test. They touch the eyeball. They touch blah, blah. They know what to do to find out if there's any brain activity. And he failed it twice. When he should have been coming out of it, there was no sign of brain activity. And clinically, they were declaring him dead. The machine was pumping everything, doing everything for him, fully intubated um, you know, down, the, down the windpipe. And they were actually telling us, go in groups of three and four and say your goodbyes. Well, I elbowed my way to the front because when Waldhearts get together, there's over 30 of us. And so everybody was waiting in line. I went, uh-uh. I'm getting to the front of the line. I was being impelled and compelled by the Spirit of God because we had not yet prayed. And something was rising up inside of me. said, this is not okay. And I don't care what the doctors are saying. I had to completely shut out everything that was being said, 
everything that I could see. My five senses were arguing with me the whole time. And I got in the room and my husband and, and, and another brother-in-law and sister-in-law, my mother-in-law were in there. And I just said, we haven't prayed. And I didn't even care if they were with me or not. I walked up and I just began, I just laid hands on my father-in-law. And I love him like my father because I lost my father over 30 years ago. And he was always a, a loving man to me. And we had a special relationship. And I just said, this is not okay. And I said, in Jesus' name, I don't have any power. But I will be a conduit. I'm cashing in my debit card. Because, God, you were unlimited. I didn't say all this. But this is where it's coming from. And I said, I speak life. Brain, line up. I didn't really know what was going on behind the scenes. I spoke to his spinal cord. I said, life. We speak life. The living resurrection power. God, this is not too hard for you. And then I had to walk away because somebody else wanted to come in. And nothing happened right away, ladies. I'd love to tell you that it did. 20 minutes later, my husband's uncle walked in. And he's a big guy. He says, Wally. That's my father-in-law's nickname. Wally Waldhart. All the Waldhart boys have been called Wally at some time. He says, Wally, this is your fishing partner. Eyes closed, fully intubated, life support going. He went. And the doctors go, oh, 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 okay. Ask him something he has to say no to because they thought it was a muscle reflex. Maybe it's not an appropriate answer. And so my mother-in-law. Being the sweetie she is, she goes, Wally. Oh, I shouldn't do that voice. <laughs> She's just so cute. <laughs> She's, because if she listens to this, she'll go, I didn't like the way you said that. <laughs> Wally, she says, do you love me? And he goes like this. And then she says, do you love me all the time? <laughs> that was their private joke. I love you, but sometimes I don't like you. And he was back. And over the course of a couple of hours, they had to remove the tube because he kept trying to talk. And, they, and by the end of the evening, we're hugging, we're kissing, we're just so excited. There's color in his face. And he said, oh, but it's going to be a long haul here. Next day, they removed more. The day after that, they removed more. By the end of the week, he came home. And so, is anything too hard for God? He is the resurrection. You cannot judge God and limit him by what's happening in the physical because he is supernatural. Supernatural. Super abundant. It delights him when we call on his name to do the impossible. Whew. Double dog dare you. I love it when... Another place in the Gospels, the desperate father whose son had been continuously thrown um, by demonic activity into the water, into the fire, and they come to Jesus, and he says this, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if, excuse me, if I can do all things, and all things are possible for the one who believes and trusts in me. Ladies, all things are possible to you. If you will trust and believe, confidently lean on 
who am I leaning on? I can't hold myself up in this position. But this is my God. He's never going to let me down. All right. Number four. The devil works in the feeling realm. The devil cannot work in the faith realm. You're going to add extra vowels if you want to. The devil works in the feeling realm. The devil cannot work in the faith realm. And your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And none of those are evil. But here's the power of the soul is that it has the ability to choose. And if God didn't love us, he would not have given us a free will. Now, it gets us in trouble all the time. Here's Adam and Eve in the garden. There wasn't anything that they were lacking. They were in a perfect world, had a perfect relationship together. She had a perfect body. Come on. <laughs> Adam was perfect. Everything was perfect. Perfect food, perfect God, perfect relationship. And yet they had free will and they chose wrong. They were deceived, right? And that is how powerful choosing is. But can I say to you, you are powerful because of that same thing you can choose joy when your feelings are telling you something else when your circumstances and your situations are telling you something else and i say choose joy because happy is here one minute and gone the next there's two different sources i believe happy it depends on everything out here doing really good but joy it depends on our god who never changes. You want more stability in your life? Choose joy. Choose Jesus. Over what you're feeling, over what you're seeing, over what you're hearing, over, 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 over and above your senses. Because let's go on to the next one. I think it's the next one. Nope. <laughs> All right. So beyond your senses, we have the ability only because Jesus gave it to us when he created us. And so we fight our battles by choosing God's way, submitting our life, and choosing faith over our feelings, choosing his word. You know what? You might be feeling really, really, okay, here's a terrible word, crappy. <laughs> and sometimes we do, and you say, it's my hormones, it's that time of the month. It's not that time of the month. I mean, come on, we have excuses for every mood, all right? We have been blessed with moods. But you do get to choose. And I don't care what the cause is, you can still choose joy. You can still choose Jesus. You can still release faith and say, God, I don't like the way I'm feeling today. You don't have to be fake. Let him do something real in your emotions. Let him, let him heal some things. You, you might just be angry and I don't even know why. And he says, let me show you that deep, deep hurt. Can I just go there and heal that for you? And all of a sudden, something changes, something shifts in your heart and say, wow, I don't resent that person anymore. In fact, God, I want to forgive them because I didn't realize just how much I was hanging on to the past. And it was just eating me up. I didn't see that. So I don't have to be crappy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that word. I'm sorry. <laughs> A couple of words not in my vocabulary. Ooh, that's one of them. But. We cut that off. We invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to do a mighty work that only he can do. Amen. Let's go to number five. We battle from a place of victory and not defeat. 
Let me just give you a really clear example of that. And I, I realized that I go to that place of sickness oftentimes. But you know what? There, I don't think there's hardly any other way to explain this, a better way, because sickness is real. You know, faith is not saying, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. And all the while, the x-ray shows something, and the doctor gives you a diagnosis, prognosis, and it's like, okay, what do I do with that? Do I ignore it? That's not faith. No, that's not faith. But here's, here's what I want to see if we can shift in our understanding. So when we get sick, we often pray, because we know God is my healer. I know that. God, you said it. You did it. Jesus, you demonstrated it. This is the will of God for me. I know that it is my will. And if you're not sure of that, then you really need to get into the word of God and find out that there was never any one single person who came to Jesus who went away sick. He didn't say, wait for it. It's going to teach you some patience and some endurance, and you will be more spiritual for it. Uh, he said, let's get rid of that now. Nobody left with sickness. Nobody left with disease, but they had to come, and they had to receive. Jesus, the, the word says, all who came. All who came, not just some. All right. <laughs> so if you're feeling symptoms in your body, and you feel like, I have to pray to get that healing from there over to here, your foundation and your premise is upside down. And let me explain. Because Jesus already provided your healing and is waiting for you in the spirit realm. It's finished. He didn't say it's almost done. It's medium rare. No, he said it is finished. Well done. Done, 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 done. All right. And so the victory has already been accomplished for you. So rather than asking God to bring it to me because I'm sick praying for healing, what if we prayed like this? I am the healed of the Lord resisting sickness. Not I'm sick trying to get healed. I'm starting from a place of victory from the finished work of God and saying I am receiving it I am believing it, and I am releasing faith, so now it's mine. Because your faith builds the bridge for that finished work to cross over from the unseen world into your physical body. And there's no greater testimony to say, I once could walk because my knee was doing this, and now I have a new knee because that happened to me. He said, Karen, see it in the spirit realm? It's got your name on it, and I can't tell you what a new knee looks like, but I got it. I said, that's mine. And all I did was receive it and believe it. There was a woman who came to me for prayer after a service, and she said, I have pain in my feet. It's so bad that I can't even enjoy family outings because I can't walk very long without getting pain in my feet. And, you know, when you're, when you're praying for someone, I really believe the most important thing is to just keep your spiritual antennas up and say, Holy Spirit, what is it that you see here? Sometimes we think it's one thing, but it's really another. So give me a word of knowledge to understand what's happening here or a word of life to give her that will help her move from the places that I'm sick and trying to get healed, but I'm healed, and I'm just going to receive it. And this is what the Holy Spirit told me to say to her. Um, Jesus took nails in his feet so you wouldn't have to have pain in yours. And she went, 
She received it. It was life and revelation to her. And we pray, prayed a quick prayer. I said, come on, we're walking. If you ever get um, prayed by me, you're going to do some walking with me. All right. How's it feel? She goes, the pain is gone. The pain is gone. It wasn't. It was the belief of knowing that it was waiting for her to receive it by faith. Number eight, six, excuse me. God wants you to judge his word based on your sixth sense, which is faith. Your sixth sense is faith in the goodness of God, knowing it's already been done, and now I'm just in a position of receiving. This is how we fight our battles, ladies. Okay, I'm going to move forward very quickly here. Worksheet question number seven. Know this. You never battle alone or in your own strength. There will be battles. But I'll tell you where the battle is. It's between your ears. It's a battle in your mind. And Joyce Meyer said it best. She wrote that book, and she's absolutely on point. The battle takes place in our minds because Jesus already purchased the victory for us. But I love this scripture on your papers there, Isaiah 41, 11. If you ever feel like you're alone and you just don't have the strength, this is your promise. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand saying to you, fear not, I will help you. He's here. Isn't that sweet? He's holding your hand. Come on. You're not alone. He's the great I am just holding your hand. All right. Last one, ladies, before we break into our discussion groups. Worksheet question number eight. Some battles God fights for you. Some battle God fights through you. And this is kind of setting up the next couple of weeks where we're going to dig into some amazing uh, stories found mainly in the Old Testament, I guess, of how God sometimes says, be still, the battle is already won. Or other times he equipped them to go and fight. So 